So who's starting it? Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and start. All right, sounds good. You're about eight seconds late. Oh, <laughs> what is going on, guys? It is December 5th, 2018. Welcome to another edition of Amateur Hour. The whole squad is here. I'm Safwan Alvi, joined as always by Leo Saylor and Ryan Poli. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty solid. Uh, we're approaching exam week, so we're definitely fretting a little bit. I think we were talking about that a little bit before, you know, good old click on the record button. So anyone who's stressing, we're right there with you, and maybe we can provide a little bit of relief with some oh-so-sweet-sounding sports talk. Yeah, so... Stressing, trying to finesse these exams. Yeah. If you're a sports Rhymes. lover like us, sports is always going to be on sports is always going to be on your mind. Whether we have exams, you know, whether we have papers due. When when you're a sports lover, this is what you think about all the time. No two ways about it. So we're going to get started. We're going to talk some college football. The playoffs have been set. The uh, top four teams are Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Urban Meyer, and Oklahoma. We will get to the Urban Meyer situation here in a little bit. So did you guys think the committee got it right with these four teams? Yeah. Um, I think the. What do you think, Leo? I think it could have gone either way. I think it could have been Oklahoma, it could have been Georgia. Um, I don't think that either way would have been wrong. I think that personally I was kind of hoping for the other way around. Um, but there's the argument of like putting a two-loss team over a one-loss team. Yes, but at the same time, you're, one of those losses came to Alabama in a game in which Georgia played close to par with Bama. You know, I mean... They were right on par with Bama. Exactly. They had a two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. So you could argue yeah. that it is... It's a team that, while they, they are a two-loss team, one of their losses was to the best team. And a lot of the teams who have lost to Alabama have not been within, you know, striking distance. Not even close. Georgia was. So does that say anything? Because to me, that loss is impressive. It shouldn't take away from them. And shout-out to Jalen Hurts for coming in off the bench. That yeah. Night. Are you kidding me? Yep. You know, Jalen Hurts. You don't see stories like that anymore. Yeah. Guys get benched and just come in and save the day. Yeah. yeah. Most guys would just said, well, I'm transferring really uh, Sayonara. But uh, so he, he could have went almost team. anywhere. He could have went to a whole bunch of D1 schools and been their starter, but he's like, I'm going to stick with it. You know, when my opportunity is called, I'm going to take advantage of it. And he did. He single-handedly yeah. brought them back and two kept them in the playoffs. Yeah. He could have come to the mount, too. You know, yeah. passed up a lot of great yeah. opportunities. Thrown for about 7,000 yards, ran for about 50 touchdowns, you know, Him something and, uh, like that. The old Mike Will used to be a lot of like, remember Mike Williams, the old quarterback for the mount, like a few years ago? I think he might have been before my time. You guys are too young. I'm too old for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was before my time because my freshman year, I lived with Chayton, and I remember Chayton yeah. stepping up, and he wound up uh, being the starter after mm-hmm. just a few weeks. The year before, it was a guy named Mike Will, my boy. He was a baseball player, too. Shout out to Mike. Oh, he just he was with everything. He mm-hmm. did about everything. He did it all. He's a renaissance man. You could say he's uh, the Mount version of uh, Kyler. Uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah, who, Murray. who we're yeah, also going to get to. So in terms of the playoffs, did they get it right? I sure yes, but sure. I sure, but I do think their system is a little it's bit flawed. flawed. There is a different criteria for the uh, committee every year, and the argument is always we want the four best teams, which is fine. That's the whole point of the college football players to put the four best teams in the country in there. But you know, results on the field should matter. Georgia had their chance against Alabama, and they blew it. They lost. You know, Oklahoma's they had a chance a, against LSU, and they blew it. Exactly, Oklahoma. They, you know, they won their conference championship. They avenged their loss. You know, I agree. Like I said, everybody knows I'm an Ohio State fan, and I don't think they deserve to get in. I'm not mad at it. When you lose to Purdue by that much like, and the way you're they like did. You're a bad stepdad. You're not mad. You're just disappointed. Yeah, you know, so, and Ohio State didn't get in, but, you know, I'm not mad at it because, you know, Kyler Murray has been exceptional this year, and Oklahoma has an exceptional offense. But with that being said, as I pointed out, the flaws of the system – you know, it doesn't really correlate well. It's got to be eight teams you know, at this point. The arguments you make is, you know, Oklahoma's defense is terrible, so is Ohio State's, and we get that. Oklahoma's defense is ranked 111th. Ohio State's is ranked 
67. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, you know, Oklahoma's offense is historically good, which is fine. But also you have to factor in their best offensive player outside of Kyler, Marquise Hollywood Brown. He's not going to be 100% going into that game. He got hurt in the Texas game. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to factor, factor all these things in. And then what about Georgia? As Leo pointed out, they lost Alabama, but they looked really good. They, are they maybe one of the four best teams? Maybe. Um, I think not so. on paper, but, like, give them the eye test. You know, yeah, yeah the eye test. Now, that was a big thing about Ohio State. They didn't pass the eye test. They were struggling every single week, yeah, right, which was a big thing. Yeah, like 20th and like, Oklahoma, Georgia. Yeah. Alabama, that's a big thing, like you know, about my Buckeyes. If they were controlling these games like Oklahoma, like Alabama, it would not even be a competition. Ohio State would be in. But, you know, with struggling with Nebraska, struggling with, you know, Minnesota, all the same, it, it doesn't look good on you, mm-hmm. you no, know. So, you know, the college football players, I think they got it right, but they also need to fix their criteria. One year, conference championships matter. One year, it doesn't. Strength of schedule matters. One year, it doesn't. You know, the SEC only plays eight conference games compared to other conferences playing nine. You know, the, these things weigh out. Conference championships. There's just like too that. many teams and too many conferences to keep track of. I, I think that the simplest thing is expansion. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just about to say, I, what do you I, think about expansion? I think expansion, I think we all want it. It's inevitable. Uh, it's it's going to have to happen. But supposedly, from what I've heard, there, there is no appetite for that from the schools and from the NCAA. So naturally, to me, I would have said, you know what? Why not put Georgia in? Tick off some people and say it's all about the SEC. So make, we, it political. Make, make it political. Make it political. So, so what happens as a result if Georgia goes in and people argue that it's all about the SEC? What happens as a result? There needs to be expansion so that more than just SEC teams can get in. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you've got more teams. Therefore, Oklahoma then would get in too, theoretically. Not saying this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma would get in. OSU would probably get in. Then it opens up a spot for teams like UCF. You, you know, I, I mean, say, yeah. lost in two years. And, and it's a shame because the people who are saying, oh, no, no, they haven't played good enough competition for us to, you know, play some in, but up with these upper echelons. 24 straight schools. wins doesn't lie. I mean, well, like, you got to be good to some extent. But the, the, the source of the issue for me is that the same people who are saying they don't play enough upper echelon teams to be categorized with those upper echelon teams are the same people who are deciding that they don't play those upper echelon teams. Mm-hmm. They almost we're, lost to Memphis. Because they teams, were down four touchdowns. Teams don't want a piece of UCF in their non-conference schedule. You know, these big teams, they don't want to face a great team because like UCF. Because if you lose or even you make know, it close, you look bad. That doesn't look good on you. You right. know, how good UCF is looking, a loss is a loss. Whether it's a good loss or a bad loss, it's going to hurt your resume. You know, a good loss, sure, it doesn't kill it, but it hurts. You know, losing games in college football, it's big. Especially for the college football playoffs, you lose one to two games, you're pretty much out. Yeah, you just don't get in. And ultimately, there's plenty of guys out there who are good enough to make, you know, a roster like Alabama's, but ultimately are not as good as some of the guys on yeah. Alabama's roster. Exactly. They'd rather play and win whatever conference they're in. Yeah, exactly. To get the accolades they want. Because UCF has some good players now. Come on, I mean, 24 wins at a Division One level at the highest yeah, level. Mackenzie's a good quarterback. Mackenzie Milton was good. Obviously, we hope he gets well soon. You yes. know, they, they've had really good players. You know, come through that program. You know, so we'll do a full breakdown of the playoff games next week on our last one before the semester ends. So now we're going to jump into the Heisman race. The Heisman finalists have been announced. The ceremony is this Saturday in New York. The three finalists are Kyler Murray, Tua Tagovailoa, and Dwayne Haskins. Three quarterbacks again. Three quarterbacks, and I think without question the three most deserving players to go to New York. I don't think there's any debate about that. I think the three most deserving, but that's not to say that there's three in the conversation. I think there's two, and I think Dwayne Haskins is on the outside looking in. Uh Um, I just I, don't get me wrong, unbelievable season, but I, not not as remarkable as just what the other two guys, Tua as well as Kyler, have done. I mean, what they did this season is is just 
astounding and record-breaking in every sense of the way, whereas Dwayne Haskins, very impressive, incredible stats, but we've seen that kind of thing before. He hasn't been shattering records. He hasn't been the guy who's just out here blowing everything to pieces. Well, he well, he it, looks it, like Cardell Jones to me with more numbers, you know, because he started for two or three years. He's right? a way better. Wow, man, these two are just bashing Dwayne Haskins. I, I can't believe this. I don't know about Cardell Jones. I, I mean, two big guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. way better than Cardell Jones. Yeah. Not even in the same league as Cardell yeah, Jones. Yeah, better, like, throwing IQ and passer IQ. Dwayne Haskins yada, 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 movement, yada. too. I mean, yeah, I mean. Cardell was was good out of the pocket because he's a big he guy just to bring down. A train, train off the rails. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas Dwayne Haskins has got that going for him as well. As I tell you and what, he's a pocket move pure. Feet. And he, yeah, he's an underrated runner. He's not a great runner by any means, but he's an underrated runner. You yep. can go get you six, seven yards. And, man, in terms of his arm, there is not a throw on the field that he can't make. And, honestly, he's an NFL quarterback. Out of all these three, he's he's the most NFL ready. And I say that with all objectivity. Who would you say is the best uh, Ohio State quarterback in the last ten years? In, in terms of Ohio State, just in general, yeah, honestly, because it comes down to like Troy Smith. It's like there's only more. there's only two in my opinion, Troy Smith and Dwayne Haskins. Now Braxton a, Miller's up there. It's an interesting question because you're asking about his Ohio State career, or are you asking about overall the best quarterback? Meaning you probably also yeah, that is true. Yeah, who was the best quarterback for Ohio State, or who was just the best quarterback for their Ohio State tenure? I guess. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is the best. I know he's not going to win the Heisman, and Troy Smith won the Heisman. But the things that he could do, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's not maybe faster, but he just plays the game with much more poise. You could say that about anyone, though, these days. They're all bigger, faster, stronger. Mm -hmm. But Troy Smith, we remember him winning the Heisman, but when he went to the national championship game, he got his doors blown off twice. Dwayne Haskins in each game, even though he lost to Purdue, he kept his poise, and he played really well that game. You know, Dwayne Haskins, I think, is a better quarterback. He's a pure quarterback. He can run. You know, he's got a rocket of an arm. He can throw the ball 70 yards down the field with a flick of a wrist. He's going to play in the NFL. But in terms of the Heisman, I do tend to agree. You know, I'm going to be objective here. I think it is a two-man race between Tua and Kyler Murray. Personally, going into this week, I thought Tua locked it up. But he struggled this week fairly badly. He made a couple bad mm-hmm. decisions and was not very good. Kyler Murray has been exceptional all year and has not played a bad game. I think... Kyler Murray is going to walk away with the Heisman the trophy this week. Because mm-hmm. he's like obviously because he is athlete. he is amazing. Kyler Murray is On amazing. His feet, he's like the best quarterback to run since Vic that we talked about last he week. He is he's just incredible. I mean, real quick, we're going to talk about the Heisman. Can we just admire for a second how great Kyler Murray is? A top ten pick in the MLB draft, meaning he's at the highest level, arguably the best player in college baseball. And he's no taller than we are. And he's he's our height. And now a lot of people think he's the best player in college football at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Can you believe? Can you just? Re- can we take a step back and just admire how and really this, well that is? How this great isn't that is? This is the old days. This isn't Deion Sanders. This isn't Bo Jackson days anymore. These guys now are expected to be in better shape than better shape. Yeah. It's 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 incredible. And you look at sports in the past, and while they're still very competitive, um, and the, those guys are the top flight athletes of their time, <laughs> top flight, I'm sorry. Top flight athletes of their time back then is very different than top flight athletes of Absolutely. this time. It's different. Absolutely. What they can do now is truly remarkable. I saw and a picture of in two uh, sports. Dude. I saw a picture of Aaron Donald. That dude has abs. Defensive linemen should not have abs. Yeah, they run like deer. They're as strong as ox, and they have abs, and they're just they look different. They look different. They play different. Right Alpha now. males. Yeah, they're just you know physical specimens. They're physical freaks. You know, and in terms of the arguments, all three, all these quarterbacks have good arguments. You know, 4,000-plus yards, accounting for 40, 50 touchdowns. They, all of three have looked exceptional all year. One argument for Tua, though, 
we all know that he's the best player on the best team. And Alabama has been so dominant this year that Tua Tagovailoa has only thrown 13 passes in the fourth quarter this whole season. Imagine, to, imagine yeah. what his numbers would be if he played all four wow. quarters. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just think about that. Only 13 passes this year in the fourth quarter. That's like three games worth that he hasn't played this year. Yeah. And his numbers are on par with Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins. Wow. wow. So They're just putting the baby to bed in the third quarter. Yeah. That's all it's And, and it's just incredible. One. How do you fathom that So one? I'm going to go with, just because of this game, I think Tua's reputation in terms of the hybrid took a little bit of a hit, and Kyler's jumped. So I'm going to go that Kyler Murray wins the Heisman Trophy this Saturday night. Who do you guys think? I think it is going to be Kyler. Kyler Murray. As much as I think he's deserving, I think it should be Tua, but I don't think it will because of the recency bias. Um, but I, I was unaware of that stat. That's incredible. Yeah. I tell you what, if the voters are aware of that stat, that <laughs> yeah. might turn the tide a little it bit. It is. You know. Turn the Crimson Tide a little bit. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> I'm voting uh, for Kyler, too. For Kyler Murray. Yeah. He's, I think mean, he's been exceptional all year. The Oklahoma offense, Lincoln Riley, all the weapons, you know, they're getting 500 yards a game, so Kyler Murray's likely going to walk on to that. So we'll see what happens, obviously, this Saturday night. Oh, speaking of walk on, um, the Clemson um, little white wide receiver, uh, Tom Brady's wet dream. He won the walk-on. Uh, <laughs> is won, it Hunter Refro? Is yeah, that who you're talking Hunter, about? He won the walk. He, Hunter Renfro. No, it wasn't Hunter Renfro. a baseball player. No. Hunter Refro is a wide receiver for Oklahoma. I, oh, no. We have to go look that up. I thought it was Clemson. Yeah, what I, I said Oklahoma. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, Clemson's a wide receiver. Walk-on from Notre Dame. Their little wide receiver. He had like two more touchdowns, 150 more receiving yards, 18 more receptions or something, and he got outvoted for the walk-on of the year at wide receiver. Really? They're both the same player, but he has statistically yeah, better. But he's statistically yeah, better? All oh, over wow. the yeah, all over the chart. I I'm saw it on Twitter. Currently with the San Diego yeah. Padres. San Diego Padres. Okay, so I'm getting the names confused of the wide receiver for Clemson. Leo, if you could look that up real yeah, quick. Totally. It's Hunter something, receiver. we know. Yeah, he's it's, been it's, there yeah. for like seemingly eight years. It seems like he's been there for the past decade, you know, yeah. Yeah, his redshirt year and things like that. So as Leo looks the name up of him, where you're going to transition, we'll finish more into the college football playoff predictions next week. We are going to jump into the NFL very quickly. I'm going to jump in. Oh, okay. His name is also Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I, you I got was, the name yeah. right. I, 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 I could have swore name. That his name was Hunter Renfro. Yeah. So yeah, it Small looks like world. Notre Dame was robbed of having a walk-on of the year this year. Yeah. Pulley and Pulley's are pretty upset about it. They don't get accolades, dude. They're just like they're that team that's good but not great every year. Yeah. But they have little like you know bits and pieces that yeah, like, nice make them better. Notre Dame's a powerhouse. Notre Dame is a you know yeah. is a college football. I saw a quote. One of their safeties said, "Um, we don't play for conference championships. We play for national championships." And I was like, "Huh? What a statement! <laughs> uh, what a statement!" Although that statement is it's, false. It's a little false. It is. It is a. Recently, it is a very like, false look statement. Look at the record books. Obviously, they but yeah, they have a whole yeah, bunch like of the last, championships. What have you done for twenty years? Like, the last yeah. 15, 20 years. It's like. Eh. That's that's very Everyone's false. Catching up to yeah, them. <laughs> in terms of like last since two thousand, they've only played for one. That was in twenty twelve, and they and they got steamrolled. And, Steam was about as rebel, and he had a his and his girlfriend, and they lost, I think, by five touchdowns in that game. Yeah, but that hey, was a bad one. But you know, hey, Notre Dame was a powerhouse. We can't we can't deny them. That was the same team that had like Julio Jones and Mark Ingram. Yeah, was it that team or? Maybe. I think it, it was. It was that team because they ran all over us, and Julio had two touchdowns in the first quarter, and yeah. I was like, this game's already done. I'm not watching. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just an NFL factory is Alabama. So now we're going to move on to the NFL. The big news coming out of Pittsburgh, James Conner. He has a leg injury. He will not play this week. You AJ know, Green out, too. AJ Green is out. A lot of players getting hurt at this time of the year. And I did want to touch on James Conner because – Everybody was talking about how great James Conner was this year. He's well, They don't need Le'Veon Bell, man. He's not that good. James Conner's breaking all his records. 
wow, it seems at this point you really could have used Le'Veon Bell. You know, in any day and age, he's arguably the best running back in the NFL. The only one you could argue against him would be Todd Gurley. You know, having a guy like Le'Veon Bell who can catch Gurley out of the backfield. is the best pure running back. Le'Veon yeah. is a new new age running yeah. back. Yeah, but regardless of any type of running back, he's top two. Mm-hmm. The only one you could put ahead of him. You know, James Conner's a nice piece. He had a nice couple games of the season. But right now, you need guys like Le'Veon Bell come playoff time, Work you know, horses. for their durability, workhorses. And this is what this is what the Steelers get, you know. And I don't have any sympathy for them. This is, I think, karma finally catching up to them. Exactly. You don't want to pay. They get something good in the last like end of their Ben Roethlisberger reign. Something bad happens. Exactly. They God. They didn't want to pay for their running backs like Todd Gurley, like the Rams did with Todd Gurley, and now they're paying the price. James Conner's nice. I'm not here to bash James Conner, but he is nowhere near the player Le'Veon Bell is. Who from our division is going to make the playoffs? I guess it's going to be, uh, what's his face? And now it's close. The Ravens the are Ravens, only yeah. a half game back of the Lamar Steelers. Lamar Jackson, a baby. A freshman leading him through the playoffs? That's yeah. It's going to be nice to watch. Lamar Jackson right now, I mean, no, no team really has any tape on him. He's running the option. They're controlling the uh, tempo with him and Gus Edwards. Mm-hmm. They're just pounding it down. Their defense is exceptional. Their defense we, is always exceptional. We just saw what they did to Atlanta. They stifled Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. You know, so Pittsburgh, I think, is going to pay the price. Ultimately, they're going to miss Le'Veon Bell this season, especially if, now we, we thought it was a win, but if they make the playoffs, they're going to miss him. And this is what they get. If, you don't, you don't want to pay do, the money. A wild card team. If you don't want to pay the money for a superstar, mm-hmm. this is what you get. You pay sooner or later. Exactly. So I think that's a big you know, issue for the Steelers going forward. And in terms of our Cincinnati Bengals, as we always talk about, they take on the LA Chargers this week. Mm. Win, or, oh, well, win. How much do <laughs> how much do they lose by at this point is what we're going to say I'd about say the Cincinnati four Bengals. Touchdowns. Four touchdowns. It would be five, but uh, Melvin Gordon's out. Yeah, <laughs> so he, he would always account for a touchdown. I think Keenan Allen goes nuts. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are going to be living in our backfield. Derwin James is going to have the last game. Week, their quarterback was just like, so it, they said, whoever Kirkpatrick is guarding, I'm throwing the ball to you, and you're going to run for 20 yards, and that's how it's going to be Yeah, the whole game. So in terms of the NFL, as we get ready to wind down the season, some of these awards are really popping up. So uh, one award that was really interesting to me is Offensive Rookie of the Year. You know, I think everybody wants to give it to Saquon Barkley. He's been exceptional for the Giants. He's top ten in receiving, James top ten Conner in rushing. Better numbers than him. No, no, James Conner doesn't have. Yeah, James Conner. But one guy who does have better numbers than him is Philip Lindsay from the oh, Denver Broncos. Oh yeah, that's Broncos. what I was, that's what Philip I was Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. Right. unless carries has more. He's five foot eight. That 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 man runs dude. different. If you saw the way he ran against Cincinnati, well, I guess the way every running back runs against Cincinnati, he was just running with the you know with the fierce you know tenacity. And he's been really good. His legs good. are turning at a million miles an hour, and he's yeah. about as slippery as a snake in the water, yeah, his dude. His vision was incredible. Yeah. His vision was incredible. Yeah, the way he cuts, his one cuts were really exceptional. I think it's between Philip Lindsay and Saquon Barkley. Quentin Nelson should be up there for the, making the Colts' offensive line formidable now. But we all know offensive linemen don't really it's get It's crazy low, how guys so. like that just slip through the cracks in the draft. Shout, out to, your, shout out to your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yeah. Quentin Nelson was a great pick. He was always known as the the can't miss prospect of the draft. I mean, he he was just amazing in Notre Dame. It's like this guy's going to transfer. He's going to be a top guard in the NFL for years and years to come. And now single handedly, he's made the Colts' offensive line formidable now. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. I personally think they're going to go with Saquon Barkley because he's the more flashier name. You know, he was amazing at Penn State. He comes in, he's amazing with the uh, Giants, and he's going to be special, special for you to come. Yeah, but Philip Lindsay has an argument, and he has a really valid argument. I think if he so, ends the season with a bang with like 150 yards a game and like two touchdowns a game, he's going to win it. Yeah. Well, I think one thing you also have to look at is none of these teams are in it. 
Broncos more than the Giants. They're not really there. The Broncos are sniffing, but I don't think they get in. I don't think any of those teams get in. Yeah. Um, I I think it's kind of an interesting thing because when you don't have anyone on a winning team, what do you really look at? You look at just the pure numbers, but then there's the guys out there who will say, and those guys, some of them are voters, will say, just numbers? I mean, there's more to it than that. You have to look at how many opportunities this guy have. Who's this quarterback? What kind of receiving quarter do they have for the reason that mm-hmm. did they have another choice or are his numbers just based on sheer volume? But also, Leo, this is this is an individual award, though. You know, this is it is, and it doesn't. I'm not saying it's a correlation with winning. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that at all. Specifically, even with rookie of the year, I think MVP it is an individual award, but it does correlate. Yeah, with MVP for sure. Yeah, right. they they but definitely. I don't take think that, that rookie of the year does it all, but I do think you also have to look at it. Look at volume. Look at sample size. Look yeah, absolutely. at opportunity that the guys might have coughed the ball up mm-hmm. because you can't just say. This many opportunities, this many yards, this many touchdowns, there's your win. The surface because stats so, don't tell the whole story. If so, right. if, if it that's would be the case, best player, not most valuable player. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that's the most important thing here because otherwise, as far as this award goes, look at the numbers, let a computer decide who wins. If no, that's not how we Best player, it would go to Todd Gurley. Like, yeah. superior, like, awesomeness. It's yeah. Todd Gurley. Crazy for thing is. Year? No, for MVP. <laughs> even that, I mean, best player. You could even say Aaron Donald is the best player in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. You know, in terms of, like, the most dominant at his position, I mean, Aaron Donald is yeah. the best at his position. Yeah. But, yeah, so we'll see about the rookie of the year. You know, just like Leo said, I, I really love Leo's point here. If we're just looking at yards, attempts, you know, and touchdowns, it doesn't tell the whole story. You know, Philip Lindsay is right up there with him, but he doesn't have the flash of, you know, of Saquon Barkley. He, he, he has, like, 50 or so less attempts than Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. and he's o- less and than 100 yards. yards. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he actually has more yards, maybe. I don't know. But he's right there, you know, with Saquon Barkley. So I think that's a really interesting uh, race that we're going to come down to. And now I wanted to jump to the NBA real quick and talk about what Kobe Bryant said about LeBron James. I don't know if you guys heard about it. Well, he, what he said about the Lakers and yeah, the Warriors. Yeah, the Lakers, yeah, and uh, how they use LeBron James. Yeah. Kobe Bryant said that if the Lakers continue to use LeBron James the way they are, you know, having him do everything, play point guard, be the be, basically be the same guy he was in Cleveland, that's not how you win championships. Kobe Bryant was adamant in saying that. And LeBron came back the next day and said, this is who I am. I play 48 minutes. I just played 82 games last year. I played 48 minutes in a game seven. You know, this is who I am. I keep my body in great condition. Don't worry, I can handle it. I don't think they should change the role as, like, the point four kind of guy for LeBron because he's going to do everything on the court regardless. If he can, he will do it, and he will Mm -hmm. do it in great fashion. Yeah. But – to make him an ancillary player on a team like the Lakers, well, I've heard whispers that they might get Anthony Davis in a trade because they might give away Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball in a three-way trade with somebody else, and they might get Anthony Davis. They, they're going to need a whole lot more they're than They're going to need a whole lot more than just a center. If I'm the Pelicans, I don't trade Anthony Davis because there's nobody you can get that has equal value to Anthony Davis. No, he's the best The only one that would be is LeBron James. That is the mm-hmm. only man in the NBA of equal value to Anthony Davis. So if I'm the Pelicans, I don't trade him. I don't care what you want. I don't care who you want to go to. But then you're not going to go down as like traded. the biggest, like best player to not win a championship yeah. ever. Because he, his free agency is so many, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, really. His free agency is coming up. I think either I think next year in uh, the summer of 2020, okay. I believe. So he could just sign there if he wanted to. But in terms of trading, from the Pelicans, I don't trade him because there's nobody you can get in equal value. Of Anthony Davis. At the same time, that same argument, he has one year left. Why not just trade him if you're not going to make the if playoffs? You're not gonna, if, you're not, and you're, yeah. if you're not going to get anything. Because they have plenty of forwards that can score. Not forwards. Plenty of guards that can score. 
Who's to say you just don't sign a seven footer and throw him in there and like grab rebounds if you're not going to use the center? Because yeah, Anthony Davis to he's get just, you to the playoffs. He's so good, man. It's just it's incredible. He shoots threes. He's a great defender. He can play in the post. You know, he's just a presence. You know, he's one of the five best players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what a guy like LeBron needs. Who's because the rookie for the Mavs that puts up like 25 a game? Luca. Luca. Luca Doncic. He's my boy, dude. He's been incredible. Yeah, he's been absolutely awesome. incredible. You see that half court the other day. Yeah, and people <laughs> from and people are surprised that Luka Doncic is playing so well. I mean, this guy was playing professionally in well, Spain. People are surprised because like people that come out of Europe don't play well in the NBA. And that's Ricky transfer. Rubio. He's and like that, a fourth tier NBA guard. <laughs> and that narrative is changing. You know, Kristaps Porzingis, Luka Doncic. We know it's a really old example, but Dirk Nowitzki. Mm-hmm. You know, these they guys have to come like, in and bring something new to the table because yeah. Dirk had that classic fadeaway jump shot. Exactly. Kristaps is just tall, I guess. And, and he's he's good at a lot of things. He's not a great defensive player, but he can shoot threes. Yeah. He plays in the post. Luka Doncic has been playing professionally in Spain since he was like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So he's playing against grown men, and he's coming in playing with grown men now, and he's playing really ex- exceptionally well. You know, so Luka Doncic is really really incredible. So we were talking about LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. I think, yes, it's it's his team. His team has to get better. Brandon Ingram. Wherever is not, LeBron goes, it's going to be LeBron's yeah, team. Yeah, you know, you don't like, just completely change your dynamic because of one guy. But. What everybody was saying about Cleveland is, oh, LeBron doesn't have help. LeBron doesn't have help. And honestly, he still he, doesn't. He still exactly. He still he really will. doesn't have help. He Wait till this summer. The heat, dude. Exactly. You just, know, Lonzo can't shoot. As we mentioned, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Lonzo Brandon, can't shoot. Rajon Rondo can't shoot. He's hurt. Brandon Ingram's not developing how he is. It looks like. Um, Kyle Kuzma, mantis, <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, and Josh Hart look like the only ones that are keepers on this team. That actually looks like they're going to develop into you know winning championships with LeBron. A lot of this right now is just the, the like the pre party, like before they go out. You know, everyone's like getting on social media and getting all hyped about all oh, the Lakers are showtime again. They're not. No, no. As well, at this point, they're not even close. They're to just showtime. happy LeBron's there. Right they have now. LeBron That's James, who key. makes it showtime. Yeah. If, if you want to say that. Step one of the master plan: sign LeBron. Step two. Sign Kawhi. See what you can do with LeBron, knowing it's not much. Yeah. Also, step two. Know full well that step three is happening. Step three. Sign Kawhi. <laughs> go get a, go get go get you a superstar, <laughs> and the superstar we're all talking about, as we said, is Kawhi Leonard. Because when he's healthy, he's right there as one of the three or four best players in the world. And the top defender. You know, and arguably, arguably the best defensive player in the NBA. So, Along with LeBron. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so having two superstars. When having LeBron wants to play defense, he can. Yeah. Like, lately, he yeah. just hasn't. Yeah, LeBron has become a not a very good defender in these past couple of years. John but Wall. <laughs> <laughs> you see that clip? He literally just Wall. walked around the paint. Just, oh, hey, that guy's got the ball. Oh, wait, no, he's got the ball. Oh, hey, the ball's in our hoop. Okay, I'll, I'll go score now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the Wizards just need a complete rebuild. They need to get rid of Bradley Beal. Well, they've they been doing okay Wall. lately after their owner said we're going to trade everyone. But yeah. like, it's just a spot. But, I mean, they're not a contender. No. They, they they gave those two guards the big contract. It's not working out. They, can, they can't even get to the conference finals in the East. They can barely advance before. to the first round. Bradley Beal and LeBron James would be a great That would be a great matchup. Great duo. And then if you go out and sign Kawhi Leonard, that's three that's, really that's good a, players. That's a great big three. That's a, that's a team that could give... Warriors fits. Yeah. I don't know if they can beat them. That's a team that'll give the Warriors fits. You have LeBron and Kawhi. You don't have to follow yeah. the mold of the big yeah. three. Look at all these different teams. They've got their big three. That's cool and all. They got a great. dynamic duo with plenty of guys that can help them out. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. when you when you got to keep guys like Ingram and you know not Ingram. Excuse me, uh, Kuzma and Hart. Mm-hmm. Two guys that can go get you fifteen to twenty. Find some any low night. budget guys that can put in ten to fifteen a night. Exactly, and like Javale McGee, who's actually become a really nice yeah. piece and for this Tyson team. And Tyson Chandler, they're both yeah. just big rebounders and defensive locks in the paint that are going to give teams fits. You know, the, every team needs that. You know, the Warriors had it with David West. 
You know, you need the veterans that are going to do the scrappy things for you. They're going to be the enforcers of the team. While, you know, the Kawhi Leonard, the LeBron James, in terms of the Warriors, the Currys and Durants go out and score points and, you know, be the, the flashy ones. But you also need those leaders, you know, in the locker room. Mm-hmm. So Speaking of the impact LeBron has, did you have you do you see how bad the, the Cavs are? Yeah. They're, they uh, I'm guessing they want to tank. Well, <laughs> they've been tanking since LeBron has left. Even Before they, LeBron got there, they were tanking. After yeah. LeBron left for Miami, they were tanking. You know, that's why LeBron is just so important, and that's why I'm glad that Cleveland fans handled his departure well. Because, you know, before LeBron, you were trash. Well, when LeBron left for Miami, you were trash. LeBron leaves two minutes later after LeBron leaves, you're trash again. Mm -hmm. You know, so Cleveland fans, the quality of life in Cleveland just goes down. Tristan Thompson quoted saying, uh, what was it? We're still the team to be reckoned with in the East. Dude, you're not even the top, like, 20 teams in the NBA. You're the worst team in the NBA. You're you're literally the worst team in the NBA. But we have Kyle Corver. Oh, wait, no, we don't. Traded him to the Jazz. He he played well. They traded him to the Jazz. His first jump shot was a three, and he Exactly. He put up 15 points in, I think, under 20 minutes. Yeah. So he was playing really well. Everybody's just ready to get out of Cleveland now. Everybody's looking like their old selves when they go to Cleveland. They're going to tank, probably try to go get Zion Williamson because they think he's going to be the next LeBron. Big, athletic, you know, whatever. You can't be LeBron. You can be like LeBron, yeah. but he yeah. will not be I mean, do we, let's not disrespect LeBron James like this. Right. No disrespect to Zion Williamson. He's, he's a freak athlete. He's going to play in the NBA. He's probably going to be really good. Mm-hmm. But LeBron James is in his own class, his own Echelon. LeBron James, he's not his own echelon. He is the echelon. Mm-hmm. That people, he is the benchmark. He is the benchmark, you know. I think he's a guy who needs players to be a player. You he think it's RJ Barrett? You don't think yeah. Zion is a superstar, take over a team, and change of fortunes? I don't no. think so. Because that's what I, these I people think, portray him as. I think he's an know? elite talent. I think he's an elite player. And he'll I be think good in the NBA. Franchise potential. Yeah. I think he goes number one overall slam dunk, and I think he wins a couple MVPs during his career. Because he's that talented. He's going to be a Blake Griffin type player. Yeah. I don't think he's a guy who you pick up and you say, great, our team's better now. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, sure, it's better, but there's guys out there in this draft class that, I tell you what, I think make you more of a contender faster. On his own team, maybe, R.J. Barrett. A lot of people think R.J. Barrett's a better, like, pure basketball player. You know, seeing the court. He's the number one pick consensus then. Because R.J. Barrett was the number one recruit. Give him a year. They both do incredible. It's been a year since he was a better recruit than Zion. So mm-hmm. why is Zion all of a sudden a better, you know, again, using the word recruit, but really in the NBA because prospect? Of the, prospect? Because yeah. of the end of the Gonzaga game where R.J. Barrett went 0 for 7 in the last three minutes and tried to take over. He, like, that's yeah. the X factor, the it factor that they look at. But are they going to remember, are teams going to remember that in November? No. Yeah. It's you know, after March Madness. And it's early. You right. know, this is early. These guys are young. Remember, these guys are 18, 19 years old. They're going to get better. Yeah. R.J. Barrett They're has a really... mature, hopefully. R.J. Barrett has a smoothness to his game. He can shoot jump shots. He's a great slasher. He plays good defense. He has a lot of energy you know Zion is because of the day and age we live in social media his dunks are all over Instagram he has three million followers that by the age of 17 he was the next big thing in you know in basketball in general so in social media and the media we glorify how great Zion is and like I said we're all not trying to bash Zion we think he's going to be really good and right. you think he's going to have a long and successful NBA career if his health holds up but do we but is Cleveland going to tank and get him Thinking that he's going to be a LeBron and hold if him to a LeBron standard. Are they going to hold him to the same standards as LeBron was and think he's going to be a top five NBA player when he steps foot on the court as LeBron James was? I don't think it's time for the second coming of Jesus yet. We're still in the, in the time of Jesus. You know, so right. we need to let these guys kind of play out, let the draft play out, see how these teams do. And if for some reason Cleveland takes Zion, we'll see how it, you know, how it works out. 
there any baseball news recently? Is there any baseball? Oh, yeah, big news. Uh, Corbin, Tyler Corbin or Patrick Corbin? Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin from the Diamondbacks just signed a big six-year, $140 million contract with the Washington Nationals. Ooh. Does that make them the best rotation of baseball with him, yes. Steven Strasburg, and Max Scherzer? With a healthy Strasburg. With yes. a healthy Strasburg? He'll, he'll start, like, 15 games. Having three number again. ones on your team? Your number three could be... 28 teams number one. I think that might be the best roster. Uh, roster, excuse me. That's just rotation in baseball. We're not done yet. We still want Bryce Harper's. And last, that's the big news. Yeah. You give Corbin that big money. Are you gonna give no, Harper? No, they can't. Harper's gone. Yeah, Harper's, Harper's gone. gone. You think that you think that solidifies that Harper is gone? Not a chance. Giving Corbin sense. 140 million. I don't think they can afford because they still have a 200 million dollar contract in Scherzer, 170 million dollar in Strasburg, 140 now in Patrick Corbin. Imagine three guys in their rotation having more contracts. And like a higher like income than the Reds do, like giving their players. Yeah, it's nuts. Scherzer by himself probably has a higher. I tell you what, I really think Castellini is is saying, you know what? Let's start doing it. Let's start doing it. Start spending. He's got piles upon cash. Yeah. And he's put so much money into Great American Ballpark for it to be one of the best ballparks in the land. And there's plenty for, of prospects. For people not to go. For people not to go. And the yeah, Reds are becoming like, a young team. Yeah, the Reds are becoming slowly yeah. and surely a young team. We had, team. like, the worst attendance in the league last year. Yeah. Like, one and of the worst, at least. This, they're they're going to be a young team, but I think they need to be a young team who doesn't need to rely upon their young prospects as much. So, I, I'm not floating signing Bryce Harper. I'm not floating that. But what I am saying is you probably need to pick up a guy, probably a pitcher more than anything, who is can be like a, a guy Howard. right now? You can't you can't have Senzel step in right now and say, "Hey, you're the guy now." Yeah. How about you be one of our guys? Well, for, in terms great. of the in terms of the lineup, it's gonna be Suarez. Suarez is the guy that right. got him on a great contract, and he's okay with that. Yeah, and he's gonna he's been an all star. You know, he's like I think 24, 25 years old. He's gonna be the it guy for the Reds as Joey Votto's and career. Joey Votto will be the other guy who yeah. just carries that because Votto has about a, I think two years left of being. A really top level player, mm-hmm. and after that, the Hunter Greens, the Senzels, the Jonathan Indias are going to be up in he the major quoted, leagues. He uh, was quoted like a few days ago saying, "This is my my worst year ever." While he led the MLB in on base percentage, like it's just a funny. Yeah. That's just that's just greatness personified. He's yeah. he's never satisfied being the best guy and on that's base. Good. You like that hunger? He he puts it. He's in the category of Ted Williams and Babe Ruth and all these guys in terms of on base leading the league as in on base percentage. Hitter. You know, and he he still hits three hundred. Mm-hmm. We talked about this stat. He still hasn't popped up to third base or first base. In like I think six seven years, can you believe that? He's never once popped up to first base, not once in his, in his career. In his career, in his career. yeah. He just doesn't think know about what that for a second. Like, like he doesn't know what that. And feels I can tell like. you firsthand, it doesn't feel very good. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> that's, that, that's what greatness is, you know. And the Reds, you know, the Reds got to go get some pitching. We obviously know that they have Castillo. You know, they're an up-and-coming team. They're going to have another top-ten pick this year to go get another game-breaker. And then I think they have to sign a pitcher to a multi-year contract, like a four-year big-name contract. Yeah. And what we were talking about. And once Hunter Green comes around, they'll have a rotation. Yeah. Sign some guys to the bullpen. Their young guys are going to come up and hit. Yeah. In two years, they'll be that team. Yeah. They just got to make good moves. Because Senzel will be up here. Hunter Green will be right on the borderline of being in the MLB. So will yeah. Jonathan India. That's whoever yeah, they that's, take this year. I like India. He's you know, they got Taylor Trammell, who was the Futures game MVP. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and all the best minor league baseball players in the world. He was the best one on that field that day. A whole, you know, a lot of things looking up for the Reds. 
And in terms of what we were talking about for the leadership, just like what the Cubs did, you know, pull your Cubs, they did with John Lester. A whole bunch of young guys, the Javi Baezes, the Addison Russells, the Rizzos, the Bryants. They got John Lester, the number one guy who they turned to for their rotation in the Who's World Series. Been there before. Been there, done that, World That's Series a champ. Big thing. You need David experience. Ross with the yeah. Cubs did, you know, you need that leadership in the clubhouse, you know, to help take the young guys to the next level. How to be pros, how to deal with playoff situations, you know, how to grow up when you need to grow up. So leadership I think Hobby is definitely still has key. To grow up. And, and Hobby, Hobby's gonna be a special, special player. He was amazing yeah. this year. A special, special player. It's fun to watch his highlights, but like I still watch games where he tries to steal third with no outs and gets thrown out by five feet. And you're yeah. like, what are you doing? Dude? Hobby plays the game with definitely a fire. I don't even say a chip on shoulder, a fire on his shoulder. And you know that's what you love. You know you love guys. He's got to learn to harness that energy. Yeah, because he can use it when he has to yeah. and not when he just specifically can. Because right now he's kind of I would say a little reckless, but once he kind of tames his recklessness. Mm-hmm. And do more of a, a disciplined fire. He, he he arguably can be the best player in the MLB because yeah, of how special he is on the offense. And, and the Cubs' window is in the next three years, or they're going to have to rebuild again. Yeah, because the, these contracts are coming up. Brian's contracts coming up. Rizzo, you know, um, Javi Baez. Or Rizzo. Let's be clear. Yeah, it's Bryant or Rizzo, and I think yeah. they're going to choose Bryant because Rizzo is on his downside of his years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how can you choose Rizzo? How can you? I mean, unless he says, "Hey, uh, I'll take half of what I would get elsewhere because yeah. I want to remain with the team." Even, would you, you do it? But would you do that even this year if Rizzo has a significantly better year than Bryant? Yes. Let's just say he does. Let's say Bryant struggles this that year. That would make it two and, straight years of Bryant bats. Yeah. At, let's say below two sixty. Like and and injury because he yeah, he was injury riddled yeah. last year because no. Bryant he was MVP. You don't want you don't want question marks. You want what are you doing for yeah. now? Could, what can you can do you put him? Bryant at first if Rizzo goes taking some of the load off of him defensively, yeah, injury wise, all this yeah. jazz. Does that help? I mean, Brian's not a gold glover every year, but he's he's a guy. He's you a great. He's a solid defender. Yeah, he's yeah. a solid defender. You can do, he does the job. And remember, Brian when he peaked, he was the best player in the in the NL because remember he won MVP a, a couple years ago. And he was young. Yeah, and he's he's still young. He's like twenty four years old. Yeah. You know, he looks like I if he stays hope, healthy, he's gonna be one of the main guys in the MLB for yeah. the next five to six years. I just hope his first few years aren't a flash in the pan. I just hope he. Just like Javi Baez, yeah. Yeah, last year Javi Baez was exceptional. We'll hope to you know keep it going. Mm-hmm. In terms Second of the Cubs. in the NL voting. Because the Cubs, as you mentioned, their time is kind of they got a real they Cubs fans want them to reel off one more title. Yeah. Because they right now they've they've been one of the five best teams in the MLB for the past four years. Now. I don't want to wait another hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, you won't have to. I don't think you'll live that long anyway. Are you saying I'm unhealthy? Uh no. No. Leo doesn't think no. he, just Leo just doesn't think <laughs> you'll live to be 120. What are you now? 23. Yeah. Yeah. 123 years old. 22. 122. 123 years old. What is it, Ricky Bobby? With modern science, there's no reason to believe I can't, you know, live to be 200, 230 years old. <laughs> Isn't that what he said? Something like that. Oh man, that's that's awesome. That's okay. awesome. Is that a wrap? So is that a wrap? Are we gonna wrap it up? Uh, let's hit this two minutes of hockey. Oh yeah, yeah. Leo. Yeah. There is, there is some big power news. play. Power play, Leo. Let's power get play. it. That's me. All right. So William Nylander did sign. About 40 minutes before that deadline, he is eligible to play this year. 40 minutes before the deadline? 40 minutes before the deadline. How about that? The young Swede called him up and said, "Uh, yeah, let's make a contract. I don't want to play in the Swedish league. Um, (laughs) So he signs his deal 6.9 over six years. It's interesting. We'll see how that pans out with signing guys like Matthews and Marner this offseason. Certainly just, you know, the rich get richer. They're already 19-8, and I believe, after last night. 20-8, and maybe something like that. Then they add William Nylander, just a top-flight talent. It's incredible what they're doing. So we'll see where the Leafs go. If it's not the cup, it might be a cup, uh, cup run, to say, if they don't bring him home. Um, let's see. Other than that, Seattle is joining the NHL. Their first season will be 2021, 22, I believe. 
a little bit longer timeline than Vegas had when they entered the league, but certainly interesting. Teams will have to gear up for that expansion draft. Certainly some teams lost some good players in the expansion draft to, uh, to Vegas, and those guys are already gone, so do they lose better players to Seattle when the time comes? It'll be interesting to see the format of that. Obviously, we're a couple years down the line. Things to get excited about. Um, the Blue Jackets lost 9-6 to six last night, so that's interesting. Are they still playing those high-scoring games that look like football games and I baseball games? I don't know what that is, but I tell you what, Sergei Bobrovsky, pack your bags. I'm ready to trade the guy. Um, it's uh, going to be an interesting ride the rest of the year, for sure. Yeah, I remember when Sergei was considered one of the four or five best goalies in the, in the world just a handful of years ago. I mean, it was just last year that people said if he's not one, he's two. Wow. Um, so it was, this is Reese. He's still, you know, in the past year yeah, considered totally. a top top flight goaltender. Without a doubt, his contract's kind of like up. Thibaut Courtois for Real Madrid. Yeah, for yeah. Courtois, you know, just like a goalie. Soccer news, sorry. For, soccer news, I had, yeah. to, I had to give my two cents. <laughs> you know, something similar. I heard Thibaut, and I said Thibaut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tim, Thibaut Courtois. <laughs> he won the gold glove this year, and he, like, I guess the past year and like right now he goes to Real Madrid and he's game. garbage yeah. you know he was the best goalie in the world for Chelsea you know but anyway Leo keep going um I don't know if we've got a ton more um also next episode let's talk about the XFL the XFL the XFL why because it's interesting man <laughs> it is interesting look at the NFL their ratings are falling and the CBA runs up the same year the XFL is supposed to start but honestly, Leo, well, actually, we'll talk about more next week. Do you really think the XFL has any type of competition to the NFL? No, I don't think competition. No way. But I think entertaining. But entertaining, yeah. Hell that's true. yeah. Vince McMahon, obviously, founder of WWE, is going to be bringing the XFL back in 2020, right? I yes. believe. Yes, that's so, coming up, boys. That, it's about a year. It's going to be interesting. I mean, now, we're so. going to get little tidbits of news here and there, and we're going to get excited. Don't pretend for a minute like you're saying, oh, it's a joke, I'm not interested. It's like More, the, like, more like saying, oh, it's a joke, but I'm interested. But I'm a little interested. It's like yeah. the MLS. Like, no one cares who wins the MLS Cup, but, like, watching guys like Wayne Rooney, you want to yeah. see a big name. Watching you'll watch the game. Yeah, you'll right. watch the games. Like, they're not a threat to the NFL, but you'll watch. Yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah. entertaining. You know, so, these coaches are going to be there whole bunch of players that are going to be completely reckless and just hitting each other, you know, just playing without any regard. It's going to be fun. It's going to yeah. be fun to watch. It's like so, NFL Blitz. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's right, like a video right. game. NFL like Blitz the League and NFL Street. Oh, man. All the games that we used to love playing. Throwbacks. How yeah. about that? PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2 out. games. Instead of Boy 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> NFL Street, I used to, me and my brother used to play those games when we were like seven, eight years old for five hours a day getting yelled at, saying that we need to go outside and play. If you're going to play football on video games, go play football outside. What's outside, Mom? <laughs> Yeah, good times, good times. So are we going to wrap it up? Uh, I think we are going to wrap it up. Next week, we don't have a set schedule. With it being exam week for us, we're a little bit confused as to when we're going to record, but we are going to record, so you will be here. So we will have one more podcast before the semester ends. Without a doubt. And we might even want to do one to check in over break. So uh, we'll have more details about that coming up next week. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that and be ready for some great content through your ears. But eyes peeled? How do you want us to say that? Anyone got a better suggestion? Keep your ears locked in. I got a question. Why do noses run but feet smell? Shouldn't it be the other way around? Yeah. It yeah. should be. Yeah. I've always wondered that. Like, it's just, it's just a random thing. I just, like, you know, feet should run and noses should smell. But, like, when you think about it, oh, feet, yeah. feet smell. In technical terms. run. Yeah, in technical terms, you're actually right. Yeah. In literal terms, yeah. It's just, something, yeah. Write it shower it. thoughts. Put that on. You'll get a bunch of I'll have a shower thought of the day for you guys from now on. The anatomy like of the human body. I like it. We got my power play, 
And we got Holy Shower Thought, and we got <laughs> Safwan's Daily Take on why OSU should just, you know, run for president. Just just as a school, they should just be yeah, president. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. Urban Meyer for president. Oh, yeah, we'll talk He's about that next year. He's not a coach year. anymore. He may as well be the president because yeah. of OSU. We'll yeah. talk about the college football playoff, and we'll talk about Urban Meyer deciding to step down next week. We'll get into all that. All right, sounds good. Just when you thought there was no more OSU content coming from Safwan, he'll always provide, whether you like it or not. Specifically, I don't, but that's that, and we're going to wrap it there. Sound good, boys? All right, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Toodles. All right, thanks. Peace.